KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. Thursday, Thursday's Shir, the series on redemptive sketches with Harav Moshe Tarigan. Having addressed the overall importance of sensitivity to Jewish history as part of religious consciousness, as part of Avodah Hashem, and having assessed the great mystery and, and perplexion of Jewish history captured by HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his comments to Yirmiya in his prophecies to Zechariah, the word Pela, something which Rabbi Akiva noted. Let's turn our attention more specifically to the experience of Geula, the conclusion, the um, climax of this historical process that we're all committed to, that Am Yisrael was selected for, that Esau exempted himself from and Yaakov burdened himself with and, and embraced as a glory, not just as a terror. I mentioned in a previous year, the Gemara and Shabbos, Rava tells us that when we come to Shemayim, one of the challenges that Kaddish Baruch Hu will pose to us when scrutinizing the life we led was Tzipisali Yeshua. Did you anticipate redemption? Were you sensitive to it? Did you contribute to it? Similar sentiment is expressed by a very interesting Psikta de Kahana, based on a Pasuk in Yeshaya, Pas Perak Nunbeis, Pasuk Ches, Kol Sofayech Nas Ukol, Yachdav Yiraneinu. The watchmen, the people who stand, Sofayech is people who stand on high, and the scouts, people in Israel today that Sofim are scouts. People that scout, uh, watchmen, people that um, try to scope advancing armies or other advancing people. They will announce, Nasu Kol, Yachdav Yiraneinu, when they announce what they see, we'll all break out in joy. Keneged mi Amar David Mikrazeh. Who did David apply this Pasuk to? The Medrash concludes that David HaMelech refers to Am Yisrael, Shehaisa Mitzapeh Umechamedas. They await, they anticipate, they crave, Emasa Yachzer Lebesa, when will redemption occur? And we will return to the Beis HaMikdash, Umesameach B'Taraso, and we will rejoice with Torah, which will, which will proliferate vastly throughout the land. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself awaits, yearns, based on a Pasuk in Tehillim, Parak Lamed Aleph, Koham Yachlim Lashem. Chizku V'yamed Zavachem, Koham Yachlim Lashem. So the Gemara and Shabbos, and the Psikta Derev Kahana, each mention the responsibility, the the um, the virtue of awaiting, of anticipating, of yearning for the redemptive process. And this series of shiurim is dedicated to enhance that sentiment or to intensify that desire. However, predicting Geula, reading Geula, deciphering Geula can be a tricky business. The Gemariam Sachin informs us about the first person who attempted to decipher the exact dynamic of Am Yisrael's redemption. Igmarim Sachim Mondafnun Vav mentions Bikesh Yaakov Legalos Levanov Ketzayamin. Parshas Vayechi, Yaakov is about to pass, and he intended to reveal, to disclose to his children, and through his children to the rest of his people, the exact terms conditions of Am Yisrael's history, including the terms of redemption. V'nistalka mimenu shechina. 
not only according to the Gemara were the details of the end of days withheld, concealed from Yaakov, but the Shekhinah departed. Very interesting phrase. When Rashi quotes this Gemara, at least the first time he quotes it, in the beginning of Vayichi, he writes, Shebikesh legalos asakets v'nistamimenu, that HaKadosh Baruch withheld the details of redemption. However, later in Parshas Vayichi, when Rashi comments at the moment of the actual delivery of Brachos, Bikesh legalos asakets, Rashi writes, v'nistalkamimenu shechina, the actual shechina departed. The Medrash Rabbah and Breshis Parshat Tzadikhes elaborates upon this Gemarim Sachim. The Medrash writes that there are actually two people, two people whose arcs and trajectories were very parallel, who came close to scoping the end of days, but were, so to speak, rebuffed intentionally by Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Medrash begins, Rabbi Huda B'Shem Rabbi Lazar Bar Avina, it's in Medrash Rabbah, Breshis Parshat Tzadikhes. Shnei b'nei adam nigla lahem hakates. There were two who actually beheld, who uncovered the terms of Am Yisrael's redemption. V'chazar v'niskasem mehem. However, it was ultimately concealed. V'eluhem, Yaakov v'Daniel. Parallel lives. Yaakov lives as the first Galus is being launched. Daniel lives through the second Galus in Babel. They each reach some degree of prominence in their respective exiles. Yaakov and Daniel. In each case, Geula, in the terms of Geula, is intentionally concealed. Yaakov's concealment, or the concealment of Yaakov's redemptive vision, is not really mentioned explicitly in the Pasuk. It's alluded to. I mentioned Rashi before, quoting the Gemara Sachim. Rashi notes the very anomalous bridge between Parshas Vayigash and Parshas Vayichi. Typically, a Parsha in the Torah is separated by a space of unwritten cloth, of unwritten parchment, equivalent to nine letters. So there are nine letters that are left between Parsha and Parsha. Of course, not just between sedras like Lech Lech and Vayera, but even between sections in the Torah, between Parshas. Nine letters, or at least nine letters, are left open, so to speak. The only two sedros, the only two sections in the actual Torah that are meant to be separate parshiyos, but are fused without any textual partition. Are parshas vayigash and parshas vayichi. The word vayichi begins right after the final word of parshas vayigash, vayachazu ba. And Rashi comments, the Rashi I alluded to earlier, lama parshazu stuma. The textual closure hints, alludes to the closure of Yaakov's vision. Yaakov wanted to reveal redemption, but his vision was closed. The textual closure mirrors this imaginative closure. Similar things or similar impressions may be drawn from Yaakov's intention. He writes, somehow the word v'agida, I will retell, I will narrate, is suggestive of an attempt to disclose the redemptive drama. Somehow it never eventualizes. So from the fact that there are no statements regarding redemption, evidently Yaakov's attempts were foiled. But in Daniel, the closure of redemptive vision, of redemptive prophecy, is much more explicit. There are two psukim in the 11th chapter of Daniel. They are separated, or five psukim apart, 
in which in each case it is clear that this angel who appears to Daniel in a dream orders him, instructs him, and informs him that the details of the redemptive saga will remain concealed. The first pasuk, Daniel is informed, V'yata Daniel, Stom hadvarim v'chasom hasefer, Ad eis keitz yishotetu rabim v'tarbe hadas. Excuse me, v'tirbe hadas. Daniel is informed, is instructed, to intentionally conceal. Ad eis keitz. Till a later time, till a later period, when many will have more knowledge and will be privy or privileged to some of this information. Later on, in Pasuk Tess, having already been instructed to conceal, so later on, Vayomer Lech Daniel, Daniel was told to go, Kistumim Vachasumim Hadvarim Areskates, because the details are concealed Areskates. Two different people, two different stages of Jewish history, very similar lifetimes or life experiences from a national standpoint, but each has delivered the message. The redemption is not intended to be choreographed or explicitly demonstrated, but it's meant to be stumim vachasumim. Interestingly enough, this medrash speaks of two people. It speaks of Daniel, it speaks of Yaakov, and again, two people whose lifestyles mirrored. There's actually a third person who attempted to uncover the details of redemption and perhaps to disseminate and to publicize those details, but was rebuffed. None other than, of course, Shlomo, the wisest person ever to live, who made several very ambitious attempts to decipher divine mysteries. Chazal tell us he attempted to wrestle with the riddle of Paraduma, this is meant to remain impenetrable to the human mind. In the Medrash in Tehillim, in Perak Tess, the Medrash writes, Bikesh Shlomo Lamod al Shlomo desired to awaken a recognition of the end of days. Amra, the Pasik in Shir Hashirim, Im Ta'iru, the Im Pasuk will cite a little bit later, Pasuk which the Gemarian Ksuvos interprets to refer to three very important oaths. So effectively, there were three different people who attempted to uncover the details of Gula. The Gemarian Sanhedrin states as follows, it's based in a Pasuk in Chavakuk Perak Beis, Amar Yonasan, Atipach Atzman Shomachash Veikitzin, according to one Girsa. The bones of those who try to predict the future, the end of times, they should rot. Because they will predict the future, and perhaps they'll be wrong. People will lose their interest, their spirit. Wait, anticipate at every point. If you will tarry, you should still wait for Mashiach. This is based on a pasuk in Chavakuk, Perak Beis, Ki od chazon lemoed, v'yafech laketz v'lo yichazev, im yismama chakelo kivo yavo lo yacher. The time will come, od chazon lemoed, v'yafech laketz, 
he will not be um, he will not be fraudulent the end will come Mashiach will come even if he delays and Rabbi Yonasan in the Gemara and Sanhedrin plays off of the word and he interprets the word to refer to almost a curse or a harsh statement about those who will attempt to predict the end of days <coughs> Rabbi Yonasan himself points to a technical concern People will predict the end. That prediction may be false. And others will lose their spirit. And they'll become depressed. This is something which the Abar Benel, in his very famous Sefer, called Mashmia Yeshua, which Abar Benel mentions. And we'll speak about that a little bit later, Amir Tzashem. The Rambam, the Rambam, in his very famous letter to the people of Teman, trying to maintain their messianic fervor, the Rambam is more concerned with just technical, practical errors, not just that people will make an error and those who live after the predicted date that has been proven false will lose their messianic interest, but just real errors. Um, the Rambam mentions the um, very famous episode of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, where the people of Ephraim attempted to predict the future. They were off, they left early, and they were massacred in the desert. That's why Kodesh Baruch Hu, according to one version in the Medrash, did not want to travel through a direct route taking them through the coast of the sea up the western portion of Israel because they would see the dead bodies of the Shevet of Ephraim that had been slaughtered because they exited too early. And this was a redemption or a gullus with an ultimate redemption whose details were fairly well known. They knew they would be in Mitzrayim 400 years from when HaKadosh Baruch Hu informed Avraham and when Yitzchak was born in the process of Brisbane Abisarim was launched um, they were aware of certain promises to Yaakov and certain time limitations and still errors were made similar concerns are expressed by the Abar Benel regarding the Galus Babel Galus Babel is a Pasuk in Yermia which directly telegraphs Galus Babel as a 70 year experience and yet we see that both Jew and non-Jew erred in calculating the exact details of this experience Achashverosh erred, Belshazzar erred um, tragically Daniel himself perhaps erred in the end of Sefer Daniel in predicting the exact date of return and the exact terms of the redemption. So, the Gemara in Sanhedrin mentions a technical concern of predicting and what happens when that prediction rings falsely. The Rambam, the Barbanel, are more concerned with the actual error per se. In recent history, not so recent, but in the past millennia, of course, the very famous failed messianic experience or the attempted messianic experience of the Shabtai Tzvi in the 17th century, 1666, it perhaps exposed both dangers of predicting the end of days. On the one hand, he was a false messiah, converted to Islam, and people, um, people sold their property, they sold all their belongings, traveling to Israel in many ways, um, seriously compromising their lives for an experience that proved to be false. They weren't massacred like the people of Ephraim. They didn't suffer some of the tragedies of Belshazzar, but certainly there was great upheaval in Jewish society. A lot of instability was launched. And in many ways, more more significantly, more severely, the period subsequent to Shabtai was a period of great depression within Jewish society, a lot of struggle and strife, a lot of accusations and cross-accusations, perhaps known to most by the... Um, the, the controversy and the strife between Rabbi Yaakov Emden and Yonasan Eibeshitz, 
So um, both of these concerns ultimately emerged in the wake of the Shabtai Tzvi's experience, the Sabatian experience. Interestingly enough, there's a third issue, a third reason that we have to be temperate or wary of directly attempting to predict the terms of redemption. That original medrash I quoted from Parshas Vayechi suggests a more fundamental concern. It presents the following metaphor. Yaakov's attempt can be likened to the friend or the lover of a king, who is about to depart this world to pass. And his friends and children surround his bed. Amar lahem, the acquaintance of the king announces, Ba'u v'agalelachem mistarin shomelech. I will reveal the secrets and hidden traits of this king. By attempting to reveal redemption, Yaakov was ultimately providing a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is felt for the historical process. V'hay Hashem lemelech al kol ha'aretz Hashem Redemption proliferates knowledge of Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu fuels the process of redemption. So as he attempts this friend of the king, the metaphor continues to reveal the deep mysteries of the king. He looks at the king, Amar Lahem, and he recognizes in his own, on his own, Be careful to protect the honor, the glory, the privacy, if you will, of the king. So first of all, this medrash has Yaakov, or at least the metaphor has Yaakov, um, almost consciously deciding to withdraw. The way the Gemara Pesachim presents it, Yaakov attempted, but it was withheld from him. The matter suggests that Yaakov intentionally, intentionally forfeits this endeavor. As I mentioned before, the first Rashi in Parshas Vayechi and Parshas Parak Memzayin, the beginning of Parshas Vayechi, suggests that the details were concealed. Whereas the second Rashi, and this is more true to the Gemara Sachim, suggests that when Yaakov attempted to disclose the details of Gula, the actual Shechina departed wasn't merely a technical withholding of information from Yaakov, but this was an experience which can theoretically compromise the honor, the privacy, the majesty, the transcendence. person who is ambitious and overconfident in assuming Geula and predicting Geula perhaps, in some ways, arrogates to himself a knowledge of Hashem and an intimacy of Hashem and a confidence in a Kodesh Baruch Hu that uh, is many ways dangerous to his Yerashamayim. It's not incidental that the um, most elaborate, detailed description of Achris Hayamim, actually the first time <coughs> that this word appears, is in Bilaam's prophecies. Bilaam describes many details and provides us with, mu- with much information. Bilaam is obviously very cocky and confident. Yodea das elyon, machazai shaka yireh, certain phrases in which he announces that he sees God and he sees God's vision. And of course, Bilaam is not no one's epitome or prototype for Yerashamayim. So alongside of the technical, sociological concerns, there's great theological danger in dealing with Geula in attempting to predict Geula. Nevertheless, of course, many throughout the generations, not just many um, many. Uh, mavericks, but many people firmly anchored within our Masara did attempt to predict 
perhaps um, the most famous is the um, Venusadrigon in Imunos Videos, based on his reading of Sefer Daniel, predicted Geula, some say in 964, some say in 988. Um, the Ralbag in his parish, Rashi predicts, some say that Rashi's prediction was meant to be 1358. The Ramban, in a very famous piece in the beginning of Bracious, Perak Beis, where the Ramban sees the six days of creation as parallel to the six millennia of uh, human history, he suggests a prediction. So, there were many who, despite the warnings of the Gemara and Sanhedrin Sadek Zion, despite the precedent of Yaakov and Daniel, did attempt to predict Geula, did attempt to wrestle with the terms of Geula. Um, perhaps the most frontal defense of this experience is suggested by the Abarbanel. The Abarbanel, as I mentioned, wrote a sefer called Ma'inah Yeshua Mashmiya Geula. Excuse me. Ma'inah Yeshua, which is a sefer on Daniel, and Mashmiya um, Yeshua, which is general sefer on Geula. And in the very beginning of his sefer, Ma'inah Yeshua, he acknowledges the Danger, and he quotes the sources of being too comfortable predicting Geula, and he tries to disable them, or he tries to um, uh, resolve them by suggesting that the danger that Chazal spoke of was primarily about those who would attempt to predict Geula through stargazing, through zodiac, through astrology, which may present other issues, but certainly he feels presents certain opportunities to attempt to discern Geula, but Chazal spoke very, very harshly against it. Or, even if people use other forms, Kisvi HaKodesh, Mamari Chazal, you still have to qualify your statements by saying it appears that Geula will come at a certain point, but not to state categorically that this is the time it's supposed to come, and imply that if it does not arrive at this date or this year, then it's impossible for Geula to ever emerge. So these are two ways that the Abarbanel tries to qualify Chazal's opposition. One is the device that a person employs to decipher Geula. One is the finality and conclusiveness with which he asserts redemptive prediction. In that very famous sort of um, beginning of Me'ayna Yeshua, the Abarbanel continues that all the Nevi'im endeavor to understand, to discern Geula. He quotes many psukim throughout Tanakh in which Nevi'im asks Hashem Ad Masai, Ad Masai Elokim Micharev Tsar, Ad Masai Ashanta Betfila Samecha, Shuva Hashem Ad Masai Vinachem Alavodecha, these are psukim which David HaMalach recited, Ad Masai Hashem Yeshaya recites, Ana Hashem Shivati Velotishma, how long, says, how long will we cry, will we pray? Of course, one could have interpreted all these psukim in a purely rhetorical sense, not necessarily rhetorical, but with the Menach to deliver us, to rescue us, without necessarily soliciting information. The Masai doesn't have to be an interrogative request. Um, he also quotes a Medrash, I think it appears in the Zohar, may also appear in the al that I don't have the Sefer by, by my side, in which some of Chazal met Eliyahu, and they solicited information from Eliyahu Hanavi. Try to ask Eliyahu Hanavi 
to uh, disclose certain terms of the redemptive process. So interestingly enough, despite Chazal's frequent opposition to this process of predicting Geula, despite this, many, many prominent Gedolim in Armasara attempted not just to deal with the terms of Geula, but to actually try to predict the actual date. According to one position in the Gemara Ksuvos, Tafkuf Yud Aleph, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, demanded three oaths from, six oaths from Am Yisrael. The classic three oaths that are well known and of course controversial, that Am Yisrael should not, uh, in an armed fashion, storm Eretz Yisrael in return. They should not rebel against the nations of the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of course, demanded from the nations of our world they should not persecute Am Yisrael excessively. Three oaths which Mirdashem will talk about extensively. According to one version, Rabbi Levi's version, there are actually six Shavuos. In addition to the three, that Am Yisrael should, in addition, not try to reveal the end of days, and they should not try to uh, proliferate this information for Gentiles. Among the six Shavuos. This is based on the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, Hishbati Yeschem, Benosi Yushalayim, Im Ta'iru, Ve'im Ta'iru Es Ahava, Pasuk which appears several times in Shir Hashirim, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the Benosi Yushalayim, which in this case can refer to Ami, so I'll take a Shvua, Im Ta'iru, Ve'im Ta'iru Es Ahava, Ad not to accelerate, not to canalize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's great display of Ava, until HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires, until HaKadosh Baruch Hu wills it. The Abarbanel evidently had a girsa in this Gemara and Kesuvos that the oaths were not to reveal the kates, not to reveal it by using Olvodes Kochavim. The girsa that we have in our Gemara is not to reveal it to Goyim. The Abarbanel had a girsa that we should not employ Avodas Kochavim Mazalos, we should not employ astrology and stargazing to determine the future, but ultimately we're allowed to think of the future and actually attempt to discover a date for redemption. So this is the inherent dilemma of experiencing the redemptive process and integrating the redemptive process as part of Avodah Hashem. On the one hand, Rava demands the Gemara and Shabbos. On the one hand, we have the Medrash I quoted earlier, and it's something which is obvious and inherent within our Chazal that we're meant to anticipate, participate, and await HaKadosh Baruch Hu's redemptive experience. On the other hand, Chazal issued stark warnings against indulgence in Messianic prediction. Um, there's another Gemara, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daftarik Tes, quoting a Pasuk, Kiyom Nakam Bilibi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu announces that the day of vengeance, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu will avenge all the iniquity of the nations of this world, Yom Nakam Bilibi, that the day of vengeance is in my heart, it's a Pasuk in Yeshaya, Perak Samach Gimel. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin interprets, Yom Nakam Bilibi, Galisi, I have revealed it to my heart. Le'evarai lo gilisi, I haven't revealed it to my limbs, so to speak, which, at least according to Argus in the Gemara, suggests that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is withholding it as a secret here. Of course, the limbs and the heart are metaphors that Hashem knows it, but He doesn't reveal it to those close to Him, to those that are participating alongside with Him. Again, this is not a direct voiding of predicting Gula. It's rather an acknowledgement that the terms of Gula are mysterious and withdrawn. 
how does this affect our own experience? Obviously, we feel that we're living through a period in history, a period in history in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has launched the redemptive process, and he asks us to acknowledge, to rejoice, to improve the level of our experience, and of course to participate in the redemptive process. Most of Chazal's opposition seems to surround actual date predictions. If a person were to say it would occur on this date, that date, the term Kates appears both in the Gemara and Sanhedrin Sedek Zayin as well as in the Gemara Ksuvos Kuf Yud Aleph Bikesh Yaakov Legalos Kates Hayamim Kates is a time is a specific date it seems as if most of Chazal's version was to date prediction and again even though many Rishonim indulged in date prediction I don't think that living through this redemptive process any of us are prepared to assign a particular date. Obviously the date of 1948 was a very meaningful date. There are actually sources that are suggestive of 1948 not as a casual or incidental date in history but as a date that had already been predetermined or foreshadowed. But being being that it, being it as it may, we're, we're involved in a process which we know and can expect to evolve gradually. We'll speak about this a little bit later, the gradual nature of the redemptive process. And without going as so far as to predict the date, there is much room for us to attempt both to see within events which have already occurred, prophetic meaning, and at least to look to the Nevi'im to provide some general outline or roadmap for how we may expect this Geula to unfold if not to predict it, at least to sensitize ourselves to it. If not to outline it, at least to prepare ourselves prophetically, spiritually. Events in Israel seem so political. They seem so um, mundane. And if we are able to apply a prophetic lens and an imaginative vision to these events, by carefully reading Chazal, by carefully reading the Nevi'im, Perhaps we can participate in these mundane experiences far more redemptively and recognize that our actions are already being forecast by the Nevi'im, by Chazal, in helping us, if not to predict the end of days, at least to recognize the process and to participate in it.